Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Madden NFL ratings are starting to trickle out. You got to love the way they do this release because the NFL is great at everything they do. They make everything an event. You don't just get every single rating right off the bat day one. No, 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 no. We start with wideouts. We move to edge rushers and linebackers. Then we might get into running backs. Then we do corners. Then we do quarter. They do a great job of making this an event, making it a week-long thing. So happy Madden Ratings Week to everybody. We'll definitely get into uh, what we know of, at least so far, some of the Steelers ratings that have been released and talk about some of the top 10s at the position groups that have been released as well. But a couple of things to touch on as far as the NFL is concerned. Training camp has started for 10 teams in the NFL. The Bills and the Vegas Raiders got things started on Monday with their rookies reporting to training camp, and now eight more teams have joined them today with rookies reporting. The Falcons, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Saints, the Giants, and the Jets have all had their first-year players report to camp. Got to catch your breath there. You just listed how many teams? Twelve? I know. It's 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 honestly, it makes me smile that we're this close to football season. Um, we We are here. We are right, here. Let's, let's get let's let's face facts. We have what? Only three weeks until our first preseason game. Absolutely, it, that's insane to think about. Less than, yeah. less than. It's the eighth, right? August eighth for the Steelers. Yeah. So we have this week, next week, and the week following. Oh, We're already boy. in the seventh, actually. So there you go. Oh boy. So seven um, days of August and like what? Ten days of uh of uh July. So less than three weeks away, Tom. On Wednesday, the Raiders will become the first team to have their veterans report to training camp. Uh, by next Tuesday, July 26th, every club's rookies and veterans will be reporting. And as we know, the Steelers report next Tuesday at July 26th. So teams are getting underway for their training camp session. It's a very exciting time to be alive. One storyline that I also saw perusing the NFL headlines, yep. Fred Warner the best player on the 49ers defense and one of the best players on the 49ers team overall, to be honest. Just one of the has... best defensive players. I believe when we did our yeah, our right. linebacker episode, I we put was... him at number one or number two. Yep. We and... put him and it was uh um 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 I'm doing this again, Tom. I'm forgetting I'm forgetting names again. Uh from Indianapolis. I'm not gonna help you. I know it's you're so not gonna obvious. help me. It's so tor it's so terrible. Darius Leonard. But, there you go. Yeah, thank you. Why are you going, but? Because I was trying, trying to, to throw trick me you. off. Yep. All right. 
Trey Lance, obviously a big storyline this offseason in San Francisco, and Fred Warner, the leader of the Niners, or one of the leaders of the Niners, weighed in on the Rich Eisen so saying, quote, I continue to say, man, how much I've admired the way Trey has taken on just all the criticism. I don't really know what he's talking about there. Criticism? What criticism have been out there. All I guess you could say, all the pressure people are trying to put on him. That's more appropriate. Sure. There's a lot of pressure being put on him. Yeah, he's I been mean, super there's... professional about it, especially with how young he is. He's very mature for his age, and so just the things that you see from him and the small things that everybody else outside the building sees from him, that should give you a good sense of like the maturity for such a young player and if given the reins, the way that he would handle it. I can continue to sit here and tell you how great of a person and player that he is. I've already spoken on that. Whatever it may be, I know that he is for sure, if given the reins, that he is ready for it. He's very professional and mature and ready for whatever is given. He will be the starter in San Francisco this year. Uh, Matt Williamson said this to me when we were doing our advanced scout podcast, which we do before uh, games and give you like a lowdown on who the Steelers are playing. Expect to continue that once the season starts. So looking forward to doing that again. But he used to say all the time, you know, it's tough to do these kind of, you know, bridge year quarterback things, especially if you're going to make it be a second year instead of just that first year, because Guys in practice are going to start to see the difference. They they are very smart football minds at the NFL level. They're going to Fred Warner is going to be able to see the difference between Jimmy G and Trey Lance. And if the majority of your roster sees that Trey Lance is ready and he's the guy, or at least the guy that has the potential to give them the best chance to get over that hump finally in San Francisco and lift that Lombardi Trophy instead of falling to uh, a foe in the NFC Championship game or losing in the Super Bowl like they did to the Chiefs. You know, if you see that that guy has more potential than the other guy, but you're still kind of dragging your feet on making that switch and you're still kind of riding Jimmy G as your guy, you're going to lose the locker room pretty fast because these guys don't F around. Yeah, they're playing for money, but they have a very short window to have their legacy really stamped into the history of the NFL, and you don't do that. Other than maybe making the Hall of Fame, there's no better way to do that than winning a Super Bowl ring. So... If these guys start thinking that, you know, you're getting cold feet and you don't want to risk Trey Lance, even though they think they're ready, you can absolutely lose a locker room. And based sure. on Fred Warner saying this on the Rich Eisen show and making this very public, and that's a voice that really carries a lot of weight absolutely. in that San Francisco locker room, I think that that team is ready for that switch to be made. And they, for better or for worse, they want Trey Lance to be the guy to start this year. You know, it kind of reminds you of how you didn't really hear a lot of guys in the Steelers say that we're ready to play for Mason. Right when it was 2019, right? It, it's it's just I think they kind of use general terms saying we just want to go out there and win. Whoever our quarterback is, we don't care. And this kind of rings true again, where you need your locker room to believe in you as a quarterback if you want to win in the NFL. I don't care <clears throat> how defensively based or just wide rec- how talented your receivers are, your running backs are. The quarterback matters, and the quarterback yes. is going to be a leader no matter how good or bad they are you need your locker room to be behind you you need your guys to believe in you and so for Fred Warner I think maybe the biggest voice now on that on that team if not for maybe Bosa but he's a lot younger Kittle who I, I he's just maybe crazy yeah he's, he, he <laughs> can be a little wild at times I think it is Fred Warner who is the leader now of that team to say, for him to say this I think it is a clear indication who the team wants to play for. 
One last thing I want to touch on before we get into some of these Madden ratings. Uh, running back J.K. Dobbins has been reported that he might not be ready for the start of Week 1. NFL insider Ian Rappaport said uh, on NFL Now on Monday that it sounds like the recovery is going well. He's pushing as hard as he possibly can. There really hasn't been any setbacks. That said, just based on the timing of the injury, my understanding is he's not sure thing to make it Week 1. Big news for the Ravens because J.K. Dobbins... Heck of a rookie season, ready to take on the reins as your number one back with a mm. platoon of running backs in Baltimore, as we all know how they love to run that offense now around Lamar Jackson. Goes down with that injury, misses off 2021, was supposed to be a big year for him. That's all right. You get back up on that horse. You go out there in 2022. You continue to build off of your rookie year. Now, if he's not even ready for week one, that's going to be an even bigger setback. But... Things didn't stop with just Rappaport making this report on NFL Now because the man himself took to Twitter. Right. And Jacob, what did he tweet about this report from Rappaport? J.K. Dobbins <laughs> said, quite... Uh, <clears throat> oh, yeah, clear your throat. <clears> throat> <clears throat> Let me bide some more time here. I would post videos, but I want all you fake... Uh, fake-ass doctors. I think we could say that. <laughs> fake-ass fake ass. Fake ass doctors and people who have never spoken a word to me to see what me and Jesus been up to on the biggest stage. Very vague, so, very vague. Thing very for him vague. To say. Not saying, "Hey, I." You know what the, what I think Baltimore Ravens fans should be having trouble with by that tweet is the fact that he's saying he he is saying there are fake fans and fake doctors out there. So he's not listening to doctors when maybe he's being given. A, I think he's calling the the fans on Twitter who say these things fake doctors. Oh, like, okay, I think he's okay, okay. Like, oh, you think you have your PhD? Uh, what's your PhD? And all of a or sudden, or maybe not even that. Not that he's calling out doctors. That he just wants it to be his own decision, and he's not listening to the doctors. But everything but I, that Rappaport said wasn't like J.K. Dobbins isn't doing his rehab well enough. Like, right. And that tweet made it seem like someone was bashing him. That was tweet was in reaction to Rappaport's report, and that was sure. Made it seem like Rappaport was coming out and be like, oh, he's not doing his rehab well enough. The Ravens are worried that he's not taking it seriously. And then he responds by saying, well, I wish I could post some videos to show you how serious I am taking this. And that's not. He literally said, it sounds like recovery is going well. He's pushing as hard as he possibly can, and there hasn't been any setbacks. He just simply said, hey, based on the timing of it, you might not be ready for week one. That's some of the belief around that's it. That's not. And you think Rappaport's talking to fake doctors? Rappaport's talking to team doctors. He's saying he's talking to experts in the field, and he's saying this is the injury that he had. Right. This is when he had it happen. What's the usual timetable for that? And these doctors are saying, well, you know, things are changing rapidly in the field of medicine. That people are coming back from injuries like that faster than we could ever expect. But on the safe side, I'd say it'd be a little dicey that he might miss week one. That's all he said here. And for Dobbins to just you know wet his pants a little bit on Twitter. You you gotta take a step back, J.K. Just just focus on. Maybe you. it's because he he had a very good rookie season. He was ready to come back for a big sophomore uh, season, and he didn't get that chance. So the fact that he's now been in the league for three years and hasn't seen the the field since his rookie year, maybe that's why he's just yep. a little too eager. And he's saying anyone who steps in his way of of his timeline to get back is an enemy. NFL.com reports that it is uh, likely he will start training camp on the physically unable to perform list, and it's pretty much almost certain that he will not be seeing any preseason action, which is still like, that's so tough. if he is cleared to go week one, that's a lot of rust he's got to knock off in a game that actually matters. And you know, when we were talking in our previous episode we did earlier today, we were saying the, <clears throat> the big stories for every AFC North team 
and you had said the one for the Baltimore Ravens should be, should they just rest all of their guys <laughs> Not at the risk him. of injury? Because sounds like that's the plan with Dobbins. At least. I think, and I think with Dobbins' case, that's the right move to make. The Ravens. I know we weren't going to talk about this, but just to think about the Ravens, we might do a, a longer episode about the Ravens. The Ravens really are in a tricky spot right now because their quarterback's not exactly the happiest right now. They're not on talking terms, and there's questions that he shows up to training camp. I think he will. He's his own agent, right? Yeah, he's his own agent. That's weird. That's a weird dynamic. I think he will show up to training camp, to be honest with you, but he's definitely you know, making it known that he wants that new contract, and I think he should because who knows what the shelf life's going to be for Lamar. So he needs to get paid, and he needs to get paid as early as possible. Speaking of weird Twitter happenings for Baltimore Ravens, uh, Lamar equally uh, did something. He changed his he- Twitter header. Did you see that? No, I didn't. There's something that just says, I need paid or pay me <laughs> or something. That was it. It was just big block letters with a weird image behind it. It had something to do with being paid. And I guess that's his way of being his own. His, that's his doing his job of being his own agent, right? Because. The agent isn't there as a separate entity to do it on his behalf. He has to get the word out there that he wants to be paid. And I guess he chose Twitter as as his venue, as, as his platform to do so. But yeah, I mean, it does not seem like he is happy either. Well, one thing's for sure. When the quarterback ratings do come out, I'm pretty confident Lamar will be in the top 10 as if far he, as quarterbacks they, are they give it, Because you know how Madden now, rather than back in the day, they would just give a rating of how they think the player is? regardless of injury and then wouldn't adjust throughout the season. Now these matter ratings are ever changing. So I'm curious to know if because he sat out or he was injured for what the last five or six games of the season last year. And if he's sitting out this year, maybe they knock him down a couple of pegs just because of that. That's possible for sure. Um, but we know when fully healthy. I mean, come on. Yeah. He's, an we MVP. know when fully healthy. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be a candidate for the MVP this year. If he can stay fully healthy, as long as he's still honestly, Don, you could have made the case that he would deserve to be MVP last year just because of how Until bad the team was. I mean, you you have to add value there. If the the when you go down and your team loses every single game for the rest of the season without you, you were obviously valued as a member of your team. No, no question. I I think if he didn't get hurt and he was able to backpack the Ravens into the playoffs, it would have been a very instead he, of the Steelers. And, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. The, if the Ravens got the, the wild card spot of the Steelers because of Lamar keeping the Ravens in it, I absolutely think he's an MVP conversation. Yeah, I absolutely do too. I don't think he would have won it over Rodgers, but I think he would have definitely been. In I would have liked to see anyone win, win it over Aaron Rodgers, if you ask me. Josh Allen, even Patrick Mahomes. Oh, I think Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen will be the front runners right. this next year coming right. up. Tom Brady, I mean, he did lead the league in touchdown passes. Old man Tom, he always is sniffing around that MVP award. All right, let's get into some adding ratings real quick to wrap up the episode. I'm going to start with the tight ends that came out. Here's your top 10. Travis Kelsey, 98. George Kittle, a 97. Mark Andrews, a 93. Darren Waller, a 91. TJ Hawkinson, an 89. I think he could have been in the 90s. Kyle Pitts, an 87. Pretty good for the second-year player. Mike Kosicki, 86. Dallas Goddard, 85. Zach Ertz, 84. And Hunter Henry, 84, tie for ninth to round out the top 10. Austin Hooper dropped out. He was number six last year. Rob Gronkowski dropped out, obviously, due to his retirement. Camille right. Kostick, his girlfriend, came plays, out today and said he's probably going to play, though. If so. he plays, is he better than an 84? 
Yeah, I put him at 86, 87, something okay. like that. That's fair. Uh, most of these tight ends pretty much match up with our top 10 list that we did earlier yeah. in the offseason. Yeah, how do you feel about Kelsey not being in the 99 club? That's a little bit surprising. Do you me. think, like, week one, since Tyreek Hill isn't there, he gets, like, 150 yards, two touchdowns, as Madden goes, our bad. Put up one more. <laughs> put up one more point. Yeah, <laughs> our bad. I think he should Welcome be in back. the 99 club. He's, he's the best tight end in football, I think, bar none right now. How, about, how do you feel about Kyle Pitts being... Already at 87. 87. That's really good for the second-year player. His numbers might take a dip this year, though, because you don't have a Matt Ryan throwing you the football now. And you have, what, his name is Jameson from Alabama, now on that team, a legitimate number one wide receiver to take away a lot of targets. Drake London, too. They picked Drake London. Oh, it was London, yeah. Yeah. Jameson went to the Lions. Steelers, tight ends. Pat Firemuth checks in with a 79. It's a little low for me. That's a little low, honestly. I think Firemuth could have been an 80 and 81. Then there's a cliff. Jace Sternberger is the next rated tight end for the Steelers at 66 overall. They have Gentry at 65. Connor Hayward is 62. Kevin Raiders, 57. Honestly, that's okay with me because these are Madden ratings. So when you're playing, think about it when you're playing the game. If you're, do you choosing- want your blocking tight end Zach Gentry out there? Most no. Of the time? no. I mean, who in Madden now is, is ever throwing to a tight end that isn't named Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Waller, Pitts? Yeah, exactly. So like I, maybe I, even TJ Hawkinson, if if someone plays with the Lions, gets one target per game. If you're playing on Madden, I do have a little bit of gripe with his run blocking ratings, his run block power, and his run block finesse ratings. They're 60 uh, and 57 respectively. I think he's a much better blocker than that. I think Zach Gentry is going to end up in the 70s, and I, I think you'll be surprised with some catches he makes too over the middle of this year. So honestly, Pat, I. I'd be very upset if he doesn't Zach get it. Zach Gentry's into better than Jace Sternberger. Do yeah, you agree with I, I that? think I think Zach Gentry and Kevin Rader and probably Connor, Connor Hayward. Hayward. But Pat Fryermuth, I think, will also see a pretty good increase because I think his depth of target's gonna go up this right. year too. I think Pat's I, I just I'm shocked that he was it started that low. Me too. I, I'm pretty shocked that I, I, well, I thought he, I thought he deserved. I'm so shocked. I thought he deserved to be in the 80s. Yeah, the absolutely. Right Honestly, I'm a little surprised that he didn't maybe crack that top 10 alongside Zach Ertz and Hunter Henry at like an 84. Like, I was thinking minimum like an 83 for him, Tom. Me too. I really think that he deserved that. He had a really good rookie season last year. I mean, year. we both put him in our top 10s. We did, and I think he deserves to be there. I'm not going to apologize to anybody about that. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. You know, hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Wide receivers dropped. Devontae Adams, member of the 99 club, checking in at number I'm one. I'm okay with it. I think I'm okay with the two. I don't know what separates him from Cooper Cup, though, really. I don't see why Cooper wouldn't be in the 99 club as well, especially when he had the Triple Crown last year and one of the best seasons we've seen. Super Bowl MVP. running back in a long, long time. Super Bowl MVP. Cooper Cup's number two at 98. Tyreek Hill, number three at 97. Then DeAndre Hopkins at 96. Fair, even though he's going to miss a couple games this year. Stephon Diggs, 95. Justin Jefferson, 93 at number six. A little low, maybe, on Justin Jefferson there. Mike Evans, 92. Terry McLaurin and Keenan Allen tied for eighth at 91s apiece. Terry McLaurin is so underrated. Amari Cooper being a 90 yeah. and being in the number 10 spot for the Browns. That's very interesting to me. Especially over a guy who we... We'll get to in one second right. here. Okay. Julio Jones, number five last year, dropped out of the rankings this year. What what a really disappointing season from Julio in Tennessee. I mean, what a disapp- disappointing possible end to his career. Yeah. He's still not on a team, right on team right now. Still not on a team right now. That'll change, though. I mean, come on. Allen Robinson II was number 10 last year, and he dropped out of the ratings as well. A name you did not hear was a name that I, I think I had at, like, number three when we did our, we our, had him our up wide there, receiver rankings. Sure. Jamar Chase from the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean... I love Terry McLaurin. I think he's super underrated, but you cannot tell me that Jamar Chase isn't better than Terry McLaurin. Uh, Amari Cooper, great career in Dallas. Raiders before right. that. Yeah. Now he's going to try to be the number one guy in Cleveland. With he's not as good as Jamar Chase. Sean Watson not even throwing him the ball. He's not as good as Jamar Chase right now. No, he's not. And I just, I would even maybe put Jamar Chase over someone like Mike Evans, but that's when it starts to get a little dicey, I think, for me, as far as, you know, it's very debatable at that point, but. I don't see any reason why Jamar Chase had to be left off this list. How do you feel, also, a a possible snub from the top 10? Debo Samuel, not there. I think I saw he was, like, tied for 13th. He's, like, an 86. He's, like, something like 87 or something like that. So he's right on the outside looking in. Uh, But, yeah, I agree. That's a a total big snub right there, as well as Jamar Chase. The Amari Cooper thing is just, it really makes little sense. It doesn't make sense. sense. I mean, you're saying... On Dallas last year, you liked Amari Cooper more than you liked CeeDee Lamb? No. No, not at all. And he wasn't even their number one target last year in Dallas. It was CeeDee Lamb. Went to CeeDee every time. It makes no sense to me uh, whatsoever. There's some little Browns bias going on maybe here. We'll find out more when we get to the, the quarterback category. Well, we'll that, see about that, too. Yeah. Wide receivers for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Deontay Johnson was the best one and the only one to end up in the 80s. He is an 85 overall. I'm okay with 85. I think that's pretty fair. I'm not okay with how low Claypool was. You think Claypool should be in the 80s? I think Claypool and and Deontay could have both been 85 for different reasons. Claypool's number 78 uh, as far as that uh, rating is concerned. Anthony Miller was the number three wide receiver. See, this is why I have a problem with Claypool because Anthony Miller, you cannot tell me, is only four points overall worse than Chase Claypool. Nope, I would agree with you there. Uh, George Pickens, 74. Miles Boykin, 71. Calvin Austin, the third. Comes in at 70. Uh, Gunnar Olszewski, the only other one that really matters, at 67. The low so, man on the totem pole was Cody White with a 59. I'm okay with... Pickens being a 74 is kind is of normal, good. right? For, for a rookie. For a young second-round pick. But again, like, I would honestly probably put him in a 74 and put Anthony Miller a little bit lower. I mean, I'm not going to complain if you if Madden wants to put Anthony Miller that high, but you cannot tell me Anthony Miller and George Pickens... As a rookie, are only four points worse than Chase Claypool. 
Unless you would have put Claypool at 85 it and put them at 81. It seems to me they put a lot more stock in Claypool's last year than his overall career right. body of work so far. I think Claypool could definitely be sneaking into the 80s. I wouldn't oppose that. And it just also goes to show you that Madden ratings really don't mean anything because there's no chance in hell Anthony Miller is going to be the number three wide receiver. It's going to be George Pickens. And that's just obvious. And sure. Calvin Austin the third, I would say, probably has a better chance to be number four than Anthony Miller or Miles yeah, Boy can do. I think so, you and I both are of that opinion. But it's hard to rate the rookies, so we will give Madden a pass as far as that's concerned. Today, they came out with edge rushers and linebackers for the Madden Let's rankings. start with linebackers. Let's start with linebackers. Top 10, Fred Warner checks in at number one, 94 overall. Demario Davis, number two at 93. Levante David at 92. Bobby Wagner still checking in at 91, number four. Darius Leonard, number 90, number 5, too low. Way too low for Darius Leonard. Roquan Smith, 89 for the Bears. I like that. Micah Parsons, 88. I'm going to say this, too low. He should be in the 90s, for sure. For sure. Uh, Eric Kendricks from the Vikings at 88. He's very underrated. He tied with Micah Parsons, but you can't tell me that Micah Parsons and Eric Kendricks are comparable players. Just not the case. Uh, Devondre Campbell for the Packers is 87, and the Buccaneers get their second player in the top 10 with Devin White at an 85. I think that's kind of low, to be honest with you. I think Devin White. Yeah, I remember when we did our 80s. top ten linebackers. You put Devin White over and Levante David. Yeah, in the same just like spot. in the same yeah. spot, right? Uh, but Devin White's closer to the nineties than he is the in the middle of the eighties. Sure, that's for sure. Uh, Dante Hightower, uh, number eight, dropped out of the rankings. He was number eight last year. Deion Jones was number nine, and here's a little familiar face for you, Steelers fan. Number ten last year was Miles Jack, and he dropped out of the ratings. So this so. is something that we discussed during our top ten linebacker episode. Was that we we mentioned honorable mentions, and we didn't say Miles Jack was right there, but we said he could be. And we were saying best case scenario is that Miles Jack kind of enters back into that top ten linebackers, what or as one of the top ten linebackers in the league. Yeah, and I think that it's definitely and clearly by I this, hope he does for right. It's it's possible. As far as the linebacker ratings were concerned for your Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the top dog is Miles Jack. He has an 82 rating. Devin Bush has a 77, and I think it's kind of fair. And that's that I tells think it's kind of fair, which is. is terrible. It tells you the spot you're in. Terrible yep. to admit because I remember as a rookie, he came in at like a, probably like an 82 or 81 yeah, or like 83, something like that. Uh, Robert Splane checks in at number 70. Buddy Johnson checking in at number 67. Marcus Allen comes in at 65. Mark Robinson at 64. Pretty good for a seventh-round pick, to be honest with right. you. Right, a rookie seventh-round pick. Uh, and then Ulysses Gilbert III comes in at 63. So I like the optimism that Madden has with Miles Jack, putting him in the 80s, but at the same time, I get a little bit scary that Devin Bush is 77, three points away from that 80-point uh, margin, or from that 80 overall Rating and, it, and he's a top ten pick. Three, four years after being a top ten pick, if you're still a seventy-seven, uh, that's not the. And best. again, is I want to go back to the Claypool comparison. It's it's so painful to admit that people out there think that Robert Spillane is only a little bit worse than Devin Bush. Yeah, right. Devin Bush I was know. a seventy-seven, and, and Spillane was a seventy. Correct. That. That is really, really hard to. But admit. I don't know if it's wrong. I don't know. Oh if it's no, wrong. I I agree. That's the thing is that it, the, it pains you to accept that reality. The ratings adjusters will be watching Devin Bush closely this year, though he might For sure. have a big jump come the middle of the you season. Don't know. All right, finally, let's talk about edge rushers. 
Number one was Miles Garrett from the Browns at 99 overall, another member of the 99 club and another uh, example of Browns bias that I'm starting to see for whatever right. reason in these Madden ratings. You must be a Browns fan, whoever helps contribute to these. but It um, must be the guy who does the, the Browns scorekeeping for their home games now has a now new has job the in ratings for Madden. Uh, TJ Watt, the defensive player of the year, the guy who tied the sack record um, with 22 and a half sacks last year. He's only second best. He's only the second best player at that right. position. You know, three the, spots below. The guy who played more games than him last year and had lesser stats is better than him. That makes a ton of sense. But TJ Watt, and oh, by the way, not a 98, not a 97, a 96. A 96 for TJ Watt. Are we kidding right now? Like, this is a joke, right? I think someone on Twitter said if Miles Garrett is a 99, then TJ was an 102. Right, like 104 or something like that. Just, I would be fine if both Garrett and Watt were 99s. I think that they're both studs. I think that they're both, it, yeah, I think I they're really clearly don't have one a, too as far as this. I don't have a problem with Garrett being put a 99. How do you put TJ Watt anything below a 99? Let alone Nonetheless, three a 96. Ticks below a, 90, a 96. Like a 96 just makes no sense. Uh, Nick Bosa, 94. I think that's kind of low for Nick Bosa. Edge rushers are dominant these days in the NFL. Right. Like we, can, we can stop being coy with these ratings. You can put a lot of them at 95. No, I think five. Madden just has gotten to be, they have so many subcategories, right? It used to just be, what's your speed? What's your catching ability? What's, what's your, your power? Right. Strength? Stiff arm. And now there's just so many of these subcategories that kind of make it harder. But I can't, I don't understand. I, I'd like to go on Madden's website and see... What brought T.J. Watt down to a 96? Uh, Vaughn Miller and Khalil Mack tied for fourth place with 92s. Joey Bosa and Cam Jordan tied for sixth place with 91s. Demarcus Lawrence and Chandler Jones tied for eighth place with 90s. And Rashawn Gary from the Packers came in at number 89 to be the 10th highest rated edge rusher in the game. J.J. Watt, T.J.'s brother, was tied for third last year. He fell out of the ratings this year. Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter were tied for 10 last year. And they both fell out of the ratings. Daniel Hunter's really good, though. I don't know why Daniel Hunter wouldn't be in the top 10 in front of guys like Rashawn Gary. But like I said, there is a ton of really good edge rushers in the NFL that it's tough to come up with a top 10. I will say this, though. Other than Miles Garrett, they seem to be very stingy with all the other candidates on this list. Like, right. Vaughn Miller at a 92, I think, is okay. But I would have given him a 95, especially after that run he had with the Rams in the playoffs and how great he was during that playoff stretch, the sack in the Super Bowl. I mean, he looked to rejuvenate himself, and now he's in Buffalo as the face of that defense. I mean, I think I would have given him a little bit more boost. But the biggest crime here is T.J. Watt. For sure. Without without Not just at this position group. I bet it's the biggest underrating in all of the ratings when we get through all of them once they come out. I bet it will be the biggest snub or the biggest misrate. And yeah, it's, and it's not like they made him like an eighty. You know what I mean? I, I'm trying to think of other guys that could be underrated just in their positions, and you know yeah, what? You they were, put you his were... strength at eighty three. I mean, yeah. So can you go through? I know you have it up. There. Speed is eighty three. Acceleration's eighty nine. I know he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he is pretty fast. Eighty three though. though. Agility at eighty four. I mean, what, awareness is a ninety eight, so that's good. But like. Jump ability is an 88, so they give him a good jump. Uh, tackle rating, 91. How is that not a 99? How is that not a 99 at the at the minimum? It's just it's very baffling how much they snubbed T.J. Watt, but he's a 96. Some other Steelers that count as edge rushers, Alex Highsmith came in as a 75. Is that appropriate, do you think? Yeah, probably. I you, think it might be a little generous, too, to be honest. No, I mean, uh, not generous. It might be a little stingy again. I could see him being a 78, 79. I was going to say high 70s. 
Larry Ogunjobi listed as a left end, so he counts as the edge rusher, 75. I like that for a guy coming off of that injury. Yeah. That's definitely fueling into this, is that the right. injury is, is they're, they're just questioning whether he'll be healthy or not. Wormley's a 74. Uh, Jannard Avery, a 69, who, is that the guy that's going to end up being the guy who spells Highsmith and what? I don't know, but it seems like he's one of the front runners for that. DeMarvin Leal, the rookie, 68. That's pretty good for a rookie as far as, you know, a project that the Steelers see him as being. So pretty happy with Leal's rating there. Uh, Henry Mondeau came in at a 64. Tuzar Skipper at a 62. Derek Tuska at a 60. And Daniel Archibong checking in at number 58 for your lowest rated edge rusher on the roster. Uh, reminder, Cam Hayward is listed as a D tackle in the game. So you will find his rating out when they release that. And he will undoubtedly be in the top two. So there I, you I go. Fully predict you that. were saying TJ Watt could be a snub. I honestly think just because They'll make of Hayward the, like a 94 or something like that. Or like a 91 even. Ooh, I could see that too. They don't respect Hayward enough. But he's the he's number two behind Aaron Donald. In the yeah, city. right now on defense. Who we know is going to be a 99 club member, Aaron Donald. For sure. Yeah. I mean, he honestly, I, I, I would have been okay if the Rams gave Donald a Super Bowl MVP last year. They didn't because Cooper Cup just had that well, the Rams Incredible didn't do season. anything. The, the voters didn't give it to. Sorry, you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> the Rams don't for get the to Rams choose. to to have their Super Bowl MVP. But honestly, Tom, I I get that Aaron Donald is that great, but right now Cam Hayward is playing his best football. He does not deserve to be too far behind Aaron Donald. Not even a little bit. That's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard and the Madden ratings that got everybody nice and pissed off, especially with how they did our boy T.J. Watt. It's honestly a nice way to end the off season with some Madden. Just get a little heated about Madden. Get yourself ready to to prove them wrong if if you felt a little snub. That's it. That's the way you gotta look at it. Just more fuel for TJ Watt's fire. Oh, I'm not a 99. What do I have to do? Break the sack record? Okay, oh, fine. Wait. I already did that. So another guy I could see snubbed for the Steelers, possibly Najee Harris. I could see him being like an 80, 88, 87. Right. Instead of I mean, it should be like a 91, like a 93, maybe. Yeah, I could definitely see that as well. well if they put TJ Watt's strength at an 83, what are they going to put Najee's at? <laughs> like a 75? Well, by the time we do our next episodes on Thursday, running backs will be out, so we can get they will real be. mad about that when they inevitably do our boy Najee, just like they did our boy TJ. That'll do it, though, like I said, for the Steelers standard. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. For Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Offerman. We'll talk to you next time. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.